When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. I have to say it's all completely fair. All completely fair. Completely fair. That was the first I heard about that. <laughs> and I have to tell you, it's disappointing. It's disappointing. But you and I disagree on a few things on this front, but we'll get to that throughout the course of the show. It's Canty well, and Carlin on ESPN Radio. I got to say this, big fella. I yeah. mean, Christine Lisi is the voice of the reason on our show. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's unanimous that everybody agrees on that point. When she sides with us in essentially saying that there's no way that you can be a fan of the Super Bowl winning team and the quarterback who won Super Bowl MVP scheduled to be on the show, you decide that you're not going to show up for work that day? I get it. It's a day off. I understand it. Valentine's Day, you know, it's a day away. Maybe you want to celebrate a little early with the special someone in your life. I understand all of those things. But to me, winning a championship or seeing your favorite sports team win a championship is a bucket list thing. It's like a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I guess if you're a Chiefs fan, that's not going to be the case with Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid. But you understand what I'm saying. It's a special occasion. And sometimes that special someone in your life is just going to have to understand that it's important for me to be there to answer the phone to talk to the Super Bowl MVP. Now, I I don't know Stash's wife. I know Stash. I'm not going to cast any aspersions on her. But I certainly would think at the very least what I'm doing if I'm Stash as the producer of this show is – we find out the other day that we're going to have a chance to have Patrick Mahomes on at 620 Eastern. Even if I'm scheduled to have that day off, Canty, I am at least rolling in the door at 6 o'clock, strong-arming Eric Hanneman out of the way. I'll answer the phone, son. This is the MVP. I'll be talking to him. Yeah, and here's the other thing, Carlin. It's all about executing the proper game plan. So you got to have a solid plan, and then you got to execute. So you know that Pat Mahomes is going to come on the show Sometime between the you know the the, the five o'clock hour and the seven o'clock hour. Now we had him slated for six twenty p.m. on Monday, the day after they win the Super Bowl. If you're Stosh, wouldn't you think that that will be a part of the evening? Even if you wanted to make sure that you took the misses out for a special pre Valentine's Day celebration, why can't you do an old drive by yeah. studio, have the car running, say I'll be back in twenty minutes? answer the phone for Patrick Mahomes, then put him on the, on the show with us, and then you can take your wife out to dinner. What's wrong with that game plan? Nothing. At that point, okay. I chose work over her, though. Well, in that instance... Because I had to come by, so that but means it's, I'm it's going a, to work. It's a half hour, and they just won the Super Bowl, and I could talk to the MVP. How long have you been married, Stosh? 25 years in May. All right, well, let's call it the truth, okay? I've married 16 years. You know what my Valentine's Day was? Rutgers basketball. That's what my (laughs) Valentine's Day was, okay? We all know that after 25 years, you know, listen, 
It, you, you can dial it back a little bit on the on the you know uh, on all of the uh, <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for here on all oh, the, the pageantry of the pageantry day. Happy yeah, the wife, pageantry. happy life, guys. Yeah, no, I'm aware. I, I'm fully aware, and I make the decisions based upon that. But listen, I I I, I took care of business yesterday for Valentine's Day, but there does not have to be. This massive celebration after my team just won a championship. I don't know. Well, here's the thing, Carly. You could have had the massive celebration and still stop by the studio we, on we the way to the celebration just to pick up the phone. That's all yeah. you had to do. Yeah, it was we can take 20 point. minutes off of it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I completely disagree with Stosh. Yeah. From henceforth, he is a fraud Kansas City Chiefs fan. <laughs> I don't know about his other his other sports teams. I don't know about his other fandom. But as far as being qualified as a Kansas City Chiefs fan, he's out of the running. He's disqualified. He's I'll use a word that I think is appropriate. Sickening. That's the yeah, word. It's disgusting. That's the word. So I'll tell you a very quick story. It did happen one other time mm-hmm. and where the Royals won in 2015. And Eric Hosmer came to ESPN. And so I got the kids on the bus. I came in. I was here, met Hosmer, fanboy all the way. Had to leave to go get my daughter off the bus, and I tore my meniscus. So what are you saying? Was it worth it? Karma? (laughs) That day it was worth it. Yeah, it might have been. Well, that's my point. That's what I'm saying. It was worth it. Your team won a championship. Eric Hosmer, a big piece of that, first baseman that mashes home runs all over the place. He came in. You had a chance to meet him in person, chop it up, talk about how big a fan you were, and then you go on to tear your meniscus. But it's like, you know what? I don't mind that I tore my meniscus because I had an opportunity to meet one of my sports heroes. I'll say this. If, if Mahomes had been here, that would have been a harder conversation for me. But as it was, wow. nah. I'm Look, sorry. To as I said yesterday, the there will be – Patrick, congratulations. I mean, there will be more opportunities. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Well, well, we'll have to wait until one of those other opportunities presents itself before you can get your fandom back for the Kansas City Chiefs, and we'll leave it at that. Hanneman, who's your team? I'm a Jets fan. Oh, you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't have, you don't have to worry Look, about this conversation if the Jets win the or this Super problem Bowl, at all. If the Jets win the Super Bowl after trading for Aaron Rodgers, you know I'm doing a darkness retreat. Well, all I can tell you is this. Listen, if you're going to do – if you're the, the other day might be as close as you get to winning a Super Bowl, talking to Patrick Mahomes on the phone for three seconds. Wow. I'll take it. I'll that, take it. That might be it. Mm. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. I've got further problems, but we'll get to those later on. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and I have to tell you, I – speaking of sickening, it, to me – What I have heard over the last 24 hours regarding the Chicago Bears and the idea that they may potentially trade away uh, Justin Fields and draft Bryce Young first overall, not that they're going to do it, but that many think that they should, Canty, that's sickening. That I don't get. And and I just do not understand it for the life of me. And frankly, it all stems out of Todd McShay, who was, of course, on first, on, um, uh, what do you call it, on Get Up This Morning on our ESPN NFL draft analyst. Here he is explaining what the Bears should do. Personally, I would take Bryce Young if I was Chicago. I don't think that's going to be the decision that they make. I think they're going to move back and and take advantage of the fact that you, you have Houston at two. Indianapolis at four, Las Vegas at seven, uh, seven, I believe, Carolina at nine. There's a bunch of teams that want to move up. How far back do they move? We'll find out. But I, I would do it because I, I would want Bryce Young because I think he's an upgrade over Justin Fields, and I want his rookie contract so I have five years. 
But I don't think they're going to wind up making that decision, which means they're going to move back with one of these teams. Chris, I don't get it. I don't get it. Please explain to me how you would make the decision to take Bryce Young at six foot over somebody who is 6'3", who rushed for 1,100 yards this year with a team that had nobody on it, and you have an opportunity to restock your entire team through maybe not one, maybe two trades down uh, to get as many picks as you can. I do not get it. When, when I hear Todd McShay say that, all I think about is Charles Dutton from the movie Rudy. Five foot nothing, a hundred and nothing. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's Bryce Young. Bryce Young is slight of frame. He's not a very big guy. Now, from, from reports, it's supposed to be putting a lot of weight on. He's working with the nutritionist, and hopefully when he checks in at the combine, he'll be over 200 pounds. We'll have to wait and see about that, but I'm not sure he's going to get any taller. So you're really talking about somebody that, that really is an outlier when it comes to the prototypical size that we want from our franchise quarterbacks. But, Carlin, I think there's an inherent bias when it comes to McShay's evaluation between Bryce Young and Justin Fields, but he's not alone in that. I think we're seeing a lot of talent evaluators, a lot of scouts, look at conventional molds for quarterbacks when it comes to skill set, when it comes to dominant traits, and they want to make sure that those are similar to quarterbacks that we've seen win championships in the past. So the quarterbacks that I'm talking about that that are the prototypical mold, you're looking at Pat Mahomes. You're looking at Joe Burrow. You're looking at Justin Herbert. Guys that have, you know, that have similar skill sets that 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 align with quarterbacks that have been able to have sustained success in this league and you're weighing that versus the non-traditional new wave of quarterbacks that have a unique skill set that allows them to not only be the focal point of the team's passing game, but they can also be the focal point of a team's running game. So who am I talking about? I'm talking about Jalen Hurts. I'm talking about Lamar Jackson. I'm talking about Josh Allen to some degree and Justin Fields. And so when you look at it, it's not a surprise to me that Todd McShay would think that Bryce Young is a better football player than Justin Fields. I, I, I get it. I understand it. How many people were on the fence about what Jalen Hurts would be coming into this season? It, it took him going on a deep playoff run, taking his team to the Super Bowl, and being the runner-up for an MVP and winning an All-Pro before people say, yeah, maybe that might be a guy you want to give a contract extension to. Now, when you look at what Jalen Hurts did in his second year in the league and the numbers he put up, and that was his first full season at a starter – Eerily similar to what we saw from Justin Fields this year. Not eerily. Identical. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah. Jalen Hurts accounted for 26 total touchdowns. Justin Fields accounted for 25. Now, I think Justin Fields had the edge in terms of rushing yards. He had 1,100 rushing yards compared to Jalen Hurts right around 700. But but you get where I'm going with this, Carlin. This guy ain't that far off from being one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League. I mean, this guy has MVP caliber talent if you compare him just from a physical skill set perspective to Jalen Hurts I I don't think there's much of a comparison Carlin there isn't no Justin Fields Justin Fields is bigger Justin Fields is stronger Justin Fields has a stronger arm and I think Justin Fields is a better runner so I, I just I don't understand how we can make this evaluation on what Bryce Young is going to be, or not even evaluation, projection on what Bryce Young is going to be versus what we've already seen at the pro level from Justin Fields and say definitively that Bryce Young is going to be a better pro. 
Carlin, if you can't say that definitively, then there's no way in hell you can pass up on having Justin Fields as your franchise quarterback for the next decade to take somebody like Bryce Young coming out of the draft. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. And it it boils down to a couple of things. Number one, people are afraid of change. And that's stupid at this point. If you're not willing to change and grow and evolve, you're going to be stuck. And there are great, talented players. And Bryce Young may turn out to be that. I know what I have with Justin Fields. Chris, to your point... Their QBR, second-year Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields this past year, identical, 54, identical. 16 touchdowns, 9 interceptions for Hurts, 17 and 11 for Fields. And then Fields, and then you add in what he did running the football. I mean, it's amazing that we're even having this conversation. Number two, Chris, if we're going to start talking about the rookie contract stuff, and we're going to go back from two years to five to try to justify it, man, that is complete and utter short-sighted behavior and evaluation. When I know I've got my guy, and I still don't have to pay him for at least another year, maybe two, why would I possibly go and take a chance on somebody else just to reset what the draft is? Just to reset it, that's dumb. And number three, you have an incredibly valuable pick. How do I know? Todd McShay just told me. Mm -hmm. Todd McShay just told me that there are four teams that are going to want to move up. So what that means to me is, number one, I could move back to four and pick up a first round, you know, their first round pick this year, the fourth pick, a second round pick, and a first round pick next year to move back a couple of spots. And then... If Bryce Young or if C.J. Stroud or if Will Levis is still there and one of those other teams desperately needs a quarterback who's behind me, I can move back again. I can move back again. And I've got my guy. I can stockpile Jalen Carter or Will Anderson with a couple of other great players in and around him in this draft and in next year's draft. But no, somehow I want to turn the tables on the guy that was fantastic with nobody around him this year. Nobody. And I want to give that up. If you do that, you should be fired. Yeah, it's it's franchise malpractice is what it is. And the thing that I look at, Carlin, a couple of points that I want to make off of what you just said. Number one, the value of the number one overall pick. Because teams that are drafting a quarterback that high look at it as an opportunity to get starter caliber play at the quarterback position at below market rates, being able to have that quarterback clock where you have five years of runway before you have to pay him top of the market value is invaluable, so to speak. So there's a tremendous amount of draft capital that you can command if you're willing to trade the first overall pick just from that alone. Second point. Carlin, if you do draft Bryce Young, you're just parachuting him in to the same hell that Justin Fields is coming out of the last couple of years. Why would you want to do that? The Chicago Bears offensive line allowed 58 sacks last year. That's the fourth most in the National Football League, Carlin. 58 sacks. And Justin Fields survived that. He's survived that two years in a row being the most contacted quarterback in football since the start of 2021. And you want to put Bryce Young in that situation where you can flip the number one pick, get multiple starters that can help him through the draft, and 
get multiple starters via free agency with all of the cap room that you have, to me, the number one overall pick is an opportunity for Ryan Poles, their general manager, to jumpstart the rebuild. The Chicago Bears, if they do this right, should be a team that's vying for the playoffs 2023. They should be. Now, that's a lot depends on Matt Eberflus. A lot depends on Ryan Poles. But they have the resources to put around Justin Fields in order to make him a really, really good quarterback and allow his natural ability to elevate the entire team. But if you screw it up by trying to get cute and drafting Bryce Young and then trying to flip Justin Fields, Carlin, it's going to be the treadmill of mediocrity for the Chicago Bears. And I know that fan base. Nobody wants to see that. No. And here's the last part, Kenty, that's really going to aggravate me. Listen to Todd McShay and his evaluation of what Bryce Young is going to be. The biggest concern is, can he stay durable and healthy throughout his career? But I think he's a smaller version of Patrick Mahomes. The presence he has in the pocket, the ability to feel pressure coming, the ability to make to see the whole field and make all the throws with really good touch and timing – He's, a di- he's different than all these other guys. I sit here and I watch tape over and over again, and I, Will Levis has a great arm. Anthony Richardson is the most physically talented. C.J. Stroud had an unbelievable career at Ohio State, but Bryce Young is different. Let's be clear. Oh, my God. This is not about Bryce Young. He may turn out to be a very good quarterback. Yes. But, Canty, he just made my case for me right away. First of all, it's just irresponsible to compare a kid who hasn't played it down in the NFL to Patrick Mahomes. Yes. It's irresponsible. Yes. You don't do that. Not based on the fact that you and I are having a conversation on Monday that he's already in the top five all time of quarterbacks. Number two, what's the very first thing that he said? The biggest concern is can he stay durable and healthy throughout his career? Boom. I mean, honestly, why would I go through that when that's a big knock on the guy? that's the biggest concern. So now I want to give up fields and turn to a guy where I have to worry about his frail frame being able to stay healthy. I got to tell you, I mean, I, and I know Todd's, I'm not, this is not attack on Todd. There are other people that feel the same way. Mike Tannenbaum has said this, that they should do this, man. I do not get it. Yeah, it's wild. And comparing him to Pat Mahomes while saying you're concerned about him staying healthy, you do realize that Pat Mahomes, in five seasons as a starter in Kansas City, has only missed two regular season games, right? Yeah. He's only missed two. There was one where he sat, but he's only missed two regular season games due to injury. So that, to me, disqualifies it. And if you're looking for the Nets' Patrick Mahomes, congratulations. You're playing yourself, Carlin. Because even the Kansas City Chiefs didn't know what the hell they had in Patrick Mahomes when they traded up from 27 to 10. Carlin, if they knew that Patrick Mahomes was going to be this good, they would have tried to get the number one pick. They would have tried to get the number one. So even they missed a little bit in their evaluation on what this guy could be. So if you're projecting that this guy is going to be the next Patrick Mahomes and you're basing your decision off of that, Carlin, you're probably going to make a bad choice. I'll I'll leave you one last one. Chris, what was the biggest play that Patrick Mahomes made the other day? The 25-yard run. Yeah. Making a play with your legs. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's Justin Fields, but that's a big part of this. If you can extend plays and you can go and make that play, that's a part of his arsenal. Carlin, one of my homeboys always said this, and he's not talking about quarterbacks when he says this, but it applies in this situation. Don't mess up your for show for some more. (laughs) 
Kenty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. In just moments, we get that quarterback carousel spinning and we get the answers to our questions. ESPN NFL reporter Jeff Darlington has them. He will join us momentarily. First up, though, this new year, make the resolution to speed up your hiring process. Check out Indeed, the hiring platform that makes it simple to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in the same place. Just sponsor a post and get matched instantly with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your job description. Then invite them to apply and get connected. No more jumping from site to software to cell phone. Manage everything from your employer dashboard where you can easily schedule virtual interviews. Get started at Indeed.com slash credit. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Well, quarterback carousel's about to get rolling. That for sure. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance. We welcome in the exceptionally handsome Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter, Whoa, who joins us right buy now. Buy me a drink first. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Listen, I'm just speaking the truth. You're a good-looking man. Wow. That's a, I don't mind saying it. That's me. I, I, I'll acknowledge it. And when I got to look in the mirror a lot, wow. you know, I'd rather say that about you. Start. Well, let's get right start. to it then. I mean, listen, uh, as we we're just spending a few minutes uh, uh, to start the show talking yeah. about the Bears situation. So let's just start there for a moment. The idea yeah. that uh, they would trade away Justin Fields and draft Bryce Young seems silly, Jeff. I, but I've heard people say they come away from the senior bowl thinking that something like that could possibly happen. What have you heard so far on that front and the first overall pick? So I haven't heard the bears come out and uh, expressively privately or publicly say that, that, you know, they're sticking with fields and they'll draft, they'll, they'll, um, they'll trade that pick, uh, you know, and then I don't blame them for that business is business. You have to create leverage, but I will say it, to me, it is at least worth spending this time 
exploring it behind the scenes. I mean, making sure that you're going to get an absolute haul for that first overall pick if you trade it away. And I'm not saying that that, that means – I mean, it's not a full condemnation of, of Justin Fields. It's simply saying, look, Fields is going to the third year of a four-year deal. Um, you're going to have to decide whether to pay him or not. If you were to stack Fields and Bryce Young, for instance, up against each other, who are you drafting right now? Are you taking Fields or are you taking Young? If, if, if the Bears can look at it that way and take the emotion out of it, which is honestly what a lot of the better teams do, they might come to the conclusion that Young is the better quarterback for them. That being said, if they can get a massive haul for that first overall pick and build around Fields, maybe that's the way to go. I guess my point in all this is just that I think it is at least worth um, spending time going through it as opposed to saying, no, 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 we would never do something like that. Justin Fields is very clearly our guy. I don't think it's that simple. Jeff, staying with that same logic, we saw Jim Ursay, the owner of the Indianapolis Colts, openly mm-hmm. flirting on social media with the Chicago Bears. And there are yeah. a lot of teams that would potentially be interested to moving up to number one to have their pick of the quarterback class of 2023. Who are some of the other players that will be involved that are going to be making phone calls to Ryan Poles and the Chicago Bears about that number one overall pick? So honestly, that, that's the question I don't have the answer to yet. And that's where I think the Bears have to be careful. Say it is just the Colts and say the Colts are not willing to give up everything um, that, that we would expect them to if it turns out to be that they are the one true player to be wanting to make that move. Uh, if that's the case, that's where you have to come into that question about what is Justin Fields, for instance, worth if you were to trade him. The Colts are very clearly the number one team. But when you scour the rest of the, rest of the landscape, it, there isn't necessarily a team with the, the assets – the clear, I mean, there's a lot of teams that need a quarterback, but do they have the draft capital to be able to trade into that number one overall spot? That is where this gets much dicier. There's teams like the Raiders, for instance, that would probably rather go out and pay for Aaron Rodgers. There's teams like the Jets who would consider more likely um, to be in the sweepstakes for Rodgers and maybe Derek Carr. The Saints, for instance, we know they're interested in Derek Carr. To me, it feels like this free agent market is kind of creating some veteran quarterbacks for teams that sort of want to win now, which might mean that they're not as willing to trade into that number one spot. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter, joining Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Jeff, with that in mind, how long should the Jets or anybody else wait on Aaron Rodgers to make a decision before they pursue Derek Carr? So that is the biggest question right now in the NFL because Derek Carr is now a free agent. Free agency, for all intents and purposes, when it comes to the quarterback carousel, has begun. Um, and, and now you have to decide, if you're the New York Jets, for instance, and you know that Derek Carr has visited with the Saints, that the Saints are interested in signing him. If they don't get uh, Derek Carr, are they confident enough letting him kind of move along with his plans that Aaron Rodgers will spring free. And if Rodgers doesn't spring free, do they feel like they'll be able to get somebody else, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo, whether Lamar Jackson winds up in free agency? It does seem possible that it's not just a question of Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr, that someone else will spring free that kind of maybe makes, that teases the Jets into pulling the trigger. But I, I do think that Aaron Rodgers, I think Derek Carr his availability does put some pressure on the timeline with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers because don't forget, 
if the Packers do decide they want to trade Rodgers, they too need to get the kind of assets that makes it worth it. So they need as many teams on the table as possible. And when Derek Carr picks his team, that's one team off of it. Talking with ESPN NFL reporter Jeff Darlington on Canty and Carlin. And Jeff, we have to have the uncomfortable conversation about Eric Bieniemy because we saw the last two head coaching vacancies get filled yesterday with the Colts job yep. and the Cardinals job. Bieniemy is scheduled to interview for the offensive coordinator job with the with the Washington Commanders on Thursday. Jeff, since 2019, Eric Bieniemy has interviewed for 17 head coaching vacancies with 16 teams. Help me make this make sense in terms of the NFL advocating for minority coaching candidates, the Rooney Rule, all of the mechanisms that the league has put in place. Eric Bieniemy is becoming the face of the shortcomings of some of those rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can't give you a good answer. I, I truly can't. I, what I can say is it, it's, it's becoming to the point where I, I don't know if – and I'm not saying this is fair or right, but is it to the point where Bieniemy will take a job – say, with Washington to prove that he can do it without Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if that's the next step for him. It it certainly feels like he deserves his chance to be a head coach. I don't think that any of us really question that. I'm just saying the only thing that I can see at this point for him to do is maybe go to Washington, go show what he has done in Kansas City and do it somewhere else. I'm, again, not saying it's fair, but I'm saying potentially – that's maybe the best way for him to get one of those 17 – I mean, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. That, that teams are willing to bring him in and interview him that many times, but nobody is willing to give him a head coaching job. That, that is a, a baffling statement. Jeff, appreciate it, man. Hopefully you're getting a little bit of time off. Thanks again. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you all. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter. Is the Rooney rule broken? We discuss next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. It is odd that Eric Bieniemy has had 17 interviews for 16 openings over the last few years and hasn't gotten a job. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. It's odd. It is, is it the old boys club? Is it, you know, just not comfortable with him? I don't know what it is, but we had Patrick Mahomes on the show the other day, and let's listen to him talking about Eric Bieniemy because now you hear him interviewing to be the Washington Commander's offensive coordinator, and maybe a change of scenery is somehow needed 
because he needs to get out from under Andy Reid's shadow, which just seems a very faulty argument when you consider some of the guys that have gotten chances. But here he is. I think whatever whatever he has to do to, I mean, I guess try to prove even more, even though he's won two Super Bowls and been in the AFC Championship game with this offense being top in the league for the last five, six years, um, that, that he deserves an NFL head coaching job. But whatever he makes that decision and whatever he does, I support him, man. I support the man that he is. And um, if he has to go somewhere else and prove himself even more to get that head coaching chance, uh, then I'll support him that way. But if he's back here with us i'll be happy as i happy as i've always am so uh he's a great person man that's deserved to be a head coach and i can't wait for him to get his opportunity to show why it's been way past deserved Katie, i know you guys talked about this a little bit yesterday it's just i i don't know what to make of it anymore with this situation well here's the part that's confusing to me carlin the predecessors to eric bien in kansas city the offensive coordinators doug peterson and matt nagy they didn't have to go anywhere else to prove themselves worthy of being a head coach in the National Football League. They called plays. They were under Andy Reid in Kansas City, and because they were wildly successful on the offensive side of the ball, but not nearly as successful as Eric Bieniemy has been in the last four years, but because they were successful, they got the opportunity. Doug Peterson with the Philadelphia Eagles went on to win a championship, and Matt Nagy failed in Chicago. Carlin, we've seen this at other places around the National Football League, too. How about Sean McVay? When Sean McVay got a job, Matt LaFleur was once upon a time a coordinator with him. Matt LaFleur gets a head coaching job with the Green Bay Packers. Oh, Zach Taylor, once upon a time on Sean McVay's staff, gets a head coaching opportunity with the Cincinnati Bengals. Both of those guys weren't necessarily the driving force when it came to why that offense had success. Sean McVay gets most of the credit, yet those guys got the opportunity to become head coaches in the National Football League. Why does Eric Bieniemy, after he's won two championships over the last four years as a coordinator with the Kansas City Chiefs, why does he have to go somewhere else to prove himself? That part about it is is just completely lost on me. I, I don't get it. And the only thing I, I, I mean, I, there is there something else that you're we're missing in all of it? I can't even speculate on it. But Who see, knows? When you I'm, start speculating that I'm not it, going to. We're missing yeah. something, Carlin. It, it 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 starts to feel as if there's something wrong with the enemy. When the reality is. There's something wrong with the rest of the NFL, in particular the owners who are the ones that have to make the call in these situations because when you hire a head coach, he is going to be one of the faces of your franchise. He is going to be one of your faces of your business. And, Carlin, we got to call it what it is. Black head coaches do not have to go – black head coaches have to go to more lengths to prove themselves in this league than white head coaches, than their white counterparts. That's just a fact of the matter. That's why we're sitting in a place where we have less blackhead coaches in the National Football League than when I came in the NFL in 2005. So I, I, I just don't understand how anybody could make the argument that Eric Bieniemy doesn't deserve, or not even deserve, because I don't want to frame it that way, hasn't earned the opportunity to be an NFL head coach when he's been the offense coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs for the entirety of the Pat Mahomes era. So since Mahomes became a starter in 2018, Eric bien has been the OC. Even if we do want to give the lion's share of the credit to Andy Reid, don't we have to at least give some of that to bien for yeah. being able to orchestrate that, being in the room, or developing the game plans with Andy Reid, developing Pat Mahomes uh, in, the, in the process of that? 
finding creative ways to work around not having Tyreek Hill to the point where Mahomes puts together another MVP season and wins Super Bowl MVP as well. I just, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't feel right, Carlin. Whatever reasons that people want to throw out there about why the enemy possibly hasn't gotten a head coaching job, those reasons don't pass the smell test. They just don't. Oh, well, I've heard that he doesn't interview well. Well, I mean, listen, Nick Sirianni showed up to the interview with the Philadelphia Eagles without a damn suit. And let's not even get started on the press conference. He doesn't, yeah. Eric Bieniemy doesn't interview well? We're, we're going to hold that over his head? Come on, man. You got to come up with another legitimate reason. And, and Carlin, I, I can't even say another legitimate reason because I haven't heard one legitimate reason yet why he's not a head coach. The one thing I can't hear at this point, like if I were him, I wouldn't go anywhere near the commander's situation. I, I don't think that helps him. I think that can only hurt him. Why? I can't buy for a minute that that's a viable argument about getting out from under Andy's shadow when you just cited chapter and verse of all the guys who have gotten those opportunities. Now, for me, like I have Ron Rivera, who could be in a very tenuous situation, is in a very tenuous situation. I could have a new owner who wants to come in and blow everybody out. I I need I don't need to go to a bad situation to try to prove what I am as a coordinator. I've already done that. So if I'm not going to get the job, I don't know. Maybe I go find another scenario. I don't need to find a bad situation for me to walk into and put myself in an even worse spot when it comes to trying to get a job. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Aaron Rodgers looking for leverage in the darkness next. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.